Praise God. Praise God. Pastor Andy said earlier that we're a noisy church. I don't think we're noise, noisy enough. So praise God. Woohoo! Give a clap offering for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good morning. Praise the Lord. My name is Wanda Ume, and I've been a member of Derby City Church for over four years now. And I'm grateful to be part of a supportive, warm, and welcoming family. Thank you, Pastor Andy. Thank you, Pastor Dan, uh, for the opportunity to share the word today. When Pastor Andy said to me, could I share the word? I said, Lord, why me? And then I was reminded that David was an adulterer and a murderer. Moses, you know, he stuttered, so he stammered. Noah was an alcoholic. Peter was a serial liar. And Rahab was a prostitute. So I said, girl, you're in good company. You'll be just fine. <laughs> if he could use them, he could use me too. So I am grateful to God for the opportunity to share the word today. Let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you for today is a beautiful day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for the opportunity to gather in your name and fellowship with one another in love. I pray that the eyes of our heart and understanding are open to receive your word today with meekness and gratitude in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the theme of my message today is taken from one of my favorite scriptures, which is Psalm 68 verse 19. Because when I was praying, I said, God, what would you like me to speak about? And I just kept hearing the word benefits. And one of my favorite scriptures is Psalm 68, 19. If you've got your Bible, you can turn to it. But it says, blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. In other words, it's a prayer of gratitude to God, to the God of our salvation. That is the one who saves and daily loads us with benefits. You know, we have a tradition in my extended family where at a family gathering, be it at Christmas or a birthday party, we take the opportunity to share what we're grateful for. And I always start off with, I am grateful for the gift of salvation because without Christ in me, leading me in the paths of righteousness, I probably will be living a life without purpose. So that's, I always say, I am grateful for my salvation. And I honestly believe the gift of salvation is the greatest gift anyone can receive, to be called from darkness into the marvelous light of Christ. You know, the gospel of Jesus Christ is really simple. 2 Corinthians 5.21, uh, New Living Translation says, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be an offering so that we could be made right with God through Christ. You know, I always think about the first man, which was Adam, who sinned and brought sin into the world. And I always said to myself, well, God is God. So why didn't he just, you know, intervene and just stop all that madness so we can live happily ever after and not go through all we go through? And then I think I've cracked it, really, why he didn't do anything about that situation. Because God never goes back on his promises. He never goes back on his word. He is so faithful to his word that he lets it be. So he let Adam have that choice of choosing between good and evil. But what the devil didn't know at that time was God is supreme. He always has a second plan. And that's why he sent Jesus, the second Adam, to die for our sins. 
So in my simple mind, it means as a result of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection, irrespective of who we were and what we may have done, we can approach God confidently without any sense of guilt, sin, or condemnation. It means we are in right standing with God, not because we are perfect, but because he says we are righteous. Romans 3.24 says, Yet God, with undeserved kindness, declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of sin. And because we are in right standing with God, we can fulfill all our God-given destinies. Through faith, we can experience joy unspeakable and be filled with his glory. Through salvation, we can partake in all and not just some of the benefits he's afforded unto us. Tracy just shared about how she thought she was good. She didn't do any wrong. She did Not by your works, but by his spirit does he save. And if you notice in Psalm 68 verse 19, it does not say he occasionally loads us with benefits or he gives it to us when we perform the good acts or when we've been very holy for three days and then sometimes he'll withhold it when you forget to pray. No, it says these benefits are loaded onto us on a daily basis. Now, loaded can mean different things to different people in different geographical locations. In America, when you say someone is loaded, it might mean, you know, they got firearm or they're intoxicated with drugs or alcohol. But when I imagine something being loaded, I imagine it being weighty and full. So I could say, I have a bag loaded with goodies. And in fact, when I was growing up, when I heard the term, you know, that guy's loaded, more than often it meant he was rich or, you know, well off or wealthy. But in this context, when he says he loads us daily with benefits, it means he heaps in excess his blessings on us, even much more than we deserve. He lavishes us with his love. He daily bears our burdens and he carries us in this journey called life. He loads us with the benefits of forgiveness, of mercy, of grace, of protection, provision, goodness, and much more every single day. When you feel weak, he loads you with strength. When you feel scared, he loads you with, your, with his protection. When you walk through the fire, he loads you with a shield. And he promised you won't even have a whiff of the smell of smoke on you. You know, I did some research on how many promises are contained in the Bible. And according to one count, there are over 3,000 promises in the Bible from God's plan of salvation to assurances we can claim for our daily living. Isn't that just amazing? Over 3,000 promises just for one little insignificant you. 3,000 promises. Oh, I mean, over. It's amazing. However, to enjoy these benefits, you must, express, you must first accept his gift of salvation. When it comes to understanding the gospel of salvation, Romans 10, 13 is one of the most important verses, and it says... Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The key word here being everyone. And the most amazing thing about all of this is that salvation is not reserved for the rich or the famous. It doesn't matter if you were born in Derby, Manchester or London or from my origin, country of origin, Nigeria. It doesn't matter. It's for every single one. 
every single person who recognizes their insufficiencies, their limitations, and they have a desire to develop a relationship with Jesus and be in the right standing with God. And you know what the most controversial part of this message is? It's the fact that you don't have to do anything. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to do anything. Salvation is given freely. It's given freely. You don't have to do anything to earn his salvation. Now, imagine for a second, I give each and every one of you one million pounds. No strings attached. It's my gift to you because I think you're just simply amazing. The majority of you, if not all of you, your endorphins and dopamines, your, which are your happy hormones, will be through the roof. Some of you will feel, yes, this is the answer to all of my prayers. I can do this, I can do that. Even your walking step might change. I know for a fact, mine will change. Shoulders high, you know, I'm just feeling so happy. Oh my God, I could do this, 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 this. Although I suspect some of us may be very British and say, oh, that's very kind of you, but I couldn't possibly accept it. It's too much. <laughs> but generally speaking, you'll be ecstatic. You'll be, you'll be happy. Well, our reaction shall be the same when God gives us his salvation. We shall be eager to receive it and share it with excitement with whoever wishes to hear. Because when he paid the ultimate price, he had you in mind. He loves you so much, he gave it all for you. Jesus in the book of John said, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. I'll be honest with you, I can't think of one friend I can lay down my life for personally. If it came down to it, I'll probably deny you faster than Peter denied Jesus. But that's exactly what Jesus did for you and for me. He laid down his life for us. Jesus lets us know in the book of Matthew that he knows every single detail about you down to the number of hair on your heads. How amazing is that? Someone who cares deeply about you. He cares little about your past, no matter how colorful or dodgy it may be. He just wants to meet you where you are right now and lavish you with his endless love. Okay, maybe it's a bit far-fetched me gifting everyone here a million pounds. It's far-fetched, but not impossible, because it can happen. But let us examine a more realistic scenario. The UK government has a lot of benefit programs. You've got child tax credits, you've got carer's allowance, you've got, you know, all sorts. And these are available to anyone who meets the criteria. However, to access these benefits, there must be a corresponding action from your parts. So you most likely would need to go to a website, you'll need to sign up, you'll need to fill out a form, and you need to prove your eligibility. Well, the same principle applies here. We all qualify for this excessive heap of daily blessings, but we must sign up to fully partake of it. You know, it's written in Romans 10.10, 10, that with your heart you believe and are justified, and with your mouth you profess your faith and you are saved. So you've got to have the action, you've got to believe first. So a lot of people come to church, and like Tracy said, you know, you come to church, you grew up in church, you do, you know, do X, Y, Z. But if you haven't, you know, done that corresponding action, which is confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, then you're just, I don't know what you're doing. Honestly, you're just part of the numbers. 
but to be able to enjoy all these benefits, you have to, you know, have that corresponding action. Secondly, after you've received the free gift of salvation, you must learn to trust God in your new walk with him. And if you have received the gift of salvation and you've been in Christ for a while, perhaps you need to be reminded today to trust him always. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 says, To trust in God with your whole heart and lean not on your understanding, and in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Well, you might say, well, Wando, all this talk about receiving his gift and all his benefits and promises are all good, but in reality, things are different. Life is full of things we don't like or understand. We suffer loss, we suffer betrayal, disappointments, and generally, we tend to think of these things as being negative. We think, oh, that was so bad, my prayers didn't get answered, I felt sick. But the truth is, God does not allow any difficulty that he does not intend to use for your good. One of the many benefits he lavishes upon you can be found in Romans 8.28. And it says, we know that all things, not some, not a few, not depending on the weather, all things work together for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So be assured that in your walk of faith, whatever you go through, he's going to somehow use it for your good. We may not understand some things that happen in life, but if we keep the right attitude, knowing who the God of our salvation is, I guarantee you, without a shadow of doubt, and standing on the tried and tested efficacy of God's word, that what you think, you meant, what you think was meant for your harm will push you further into your destiny. So God is saying to you today, I am in control. Trust me and I'll use that situation. I'll use that person. I'll use that thing for your good. Believe me when I say he has the vantage point. God can see the big picture of our lives. When I was a little girl, I used to enjoy this puzzle called Connect the Dots, where you know, you know, you get uh, random numbers, random letters on a paper scattered, and you have to connect the dots to see a bigger picture. Sometimes it made no sense because you go from side to left, down, up. You know, you just keep going in a haphazard manner. But you get to a point where things start to look a bit clearer. And then by the time, you know, you're done, you have the most magnificent, maybe unicorn or rabbits. You know, and with a splash of colors, you may be forgiven to think that you could be the next Leonardo da Vinci because it's such a beautiful painting. The same principle applies. When some things happen that we don't fully understand, don't be tempted to look at them in isolation. It's not because you stop being eligible for his daily benefits. It's not because he reduced your benefit allowance. He simply is beautifully connecting the dots of your life to bring you an expected end, a glorious, rich life here on earth and beyond. Listen, his promises over your life never changes. He is so faithful to his word, he would not go back on it. Not, it doesn't change with the situation. It doesn't change with the weather. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In fact, in the book of James, we are encouraged to consider it all joy when we go through diverse temptations and trials because the testing of your faith produces patience. God is the extraordinary strategist. He sees what you can't see 
just trust. There will be times he'll close a door we're asking him to open because he knows he'll lead you nowhere. When you begin to trust God, you'll start to have a perspective shift. You'll start to see rejections as redirections. When that boss at work is giving you a hard time, you'll see it as a character development. You've been praying and praying, but that cow, sorry, I'm sorry, that boss is still there. Trust God. God is using him or her to, like sandpaper to smoothen your rough edges. It may have been intended to harm you, but God promised that, promises that he will use it for your good. He promises he will bring it all together. You know, just last week, Friday, we celebrated Good Friday. Good Friday. But just over 2,000 years ago, I don't think the disciples of Jesus thought there was anything good about that Friday. You know, despite being told over and over again of his impending fate, they probably could not believe it when the day actually came. They probably were very confused, in great despair. They felt terribly helpless. And as a mom, I can imagine the heartbreak Mary, the mother of Jesus, felt watching her son go through all that suffering and kneel to the cross. I am pretty sure it was the darkest day of their lives. Definitely nothing good about Friday. And we all face these, we, we all face these times when the situation may seem very dire. Life makes no sense, and we tend to ask questions. God, why is this happening? I thought you promised me the benefits of deliverance. I thought you promised me the benefits of supply. Why is this happening? Why am I battling with this sickness? Why did I lose a loved one? Why does my child suffer a disability? This doesn't sound like a daily dose of a heap full of blessings. Friends, it is very easy to get discouraged when things get heated. Nothing about the situation may seem good. But remember, a few days later, when Jesus arose from the dead, his disciples saw prophecy fulfilled. Today, we look back and we say it was a very good Friday. Because we can see the bigger picture. That side of things has been completed. He was betrayed so he could die. He died and resurrected so we could be free from the bondage of sin. So it may be painful Friday today, but hold on, your Sunday is coming. The minute you accept his gift of salvation and you trust in him with all of your heart and all of your soul, he starts to bring it all together. He starts to connect all the dots. Trust in the one who dwells in you. It really doesn't matter how big the problems are or how small or insignificant you think you are. God wants to meet you where you are and use you for his glory. Remember, little David defeated giant Goliath with a sling and a stone. And one of the reasons he won a seemingly impossible battle was because of the text that you can find in 2 Corinthians 2.19. God's grace is sufficient for you. His power is made perfect in your weaknesses. Therefore, be glad about your weaknesses so the power of God can work through you. I'll conclude with a scene from one of my favorite movies of all time. You remember The Lion King? There's this scene where Simba's messing with the hyenas and he does a row 
And they're like, seriously? And he does it again. Rawr! And they're like, you've got to be kidding me. And he does. Rawr! And they're like, nah, you're never going to take us down. You're too weak. You're too small. You're too puny. By yourself. And then he tries it one more time. He lets out his best. Rawr! But then it sounds like something big and giant. And it goes off the mountain. It echoes off the mountain nearby. And the enemy goes running away. They flee in different directions. Not because he was the rara, but because his daddy had come up behind him. Mufasa had let off a great roar. The roar of the father is behind you today. Walk in complete victory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Give Jesus a huge, huge clap offering. Hallelujah. 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 And then, can the choir come up please? This is the best part of it. If there's any one of us here today watching online or we're sitting, but well, you know, we're, we're sat here and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior or you feel that you've strayed so far, there is no hope. Today is a good opportunity as any to say yes to Jesus. So I'd like us to bow our heads, please, in prayer. And I want to encourage you to take a step of faith today. If you're that person and you're thinking, well, just like Tracy said, I've been good. I haven't done anything wrong. You know, I'm not mean to people. But you haven't taken that step of faith to kind of say, Jesus, I want to develop a relationship with you. Then please, by, with faith, raise your hands up. If you're here seated today or you're online, just by faith, put your hands up. If you want to develop a relationship with Christ Jesus. Remember, Jesus said, there is no other way to the Father except through me. He loves you and he wants to have access. He wants you to have access to all of his promises. So if that's you today, thank you. I can see one hand up. Thank you, Lord. If that's you today, put your hands up to develop a relationship with God today. If you want Jesus to come into your life today. Okay. So please say after me, dear Lord, I have sinned and fallen short of your glory. Come into my heart as my Lord and personal Savior. I believe Jesus is the Son of God and he died so I can be saved. Take total control of my life and help me to walk in the path of righteousness through the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for answered prayers. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And I'd just like to pray for you, um, the guy who put his hand up. Dear Lord, your word says that for every sinner who repents, there is rejoicing in heaven. Thank you, Father, O oh Lord, for these ones sat here and online that have said yes to you. Thank you, Lord, because we know there's a party right now in heaven. 
Thank you, Lord, because we know that you will fulfill your promises in their lives. And yes, you will load them with your benefits. And as they walk in the path of righteousness, they will continually see your grace. They will continually see your mercy. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you so, so much. Thank you.